Welcome, Wildcat fans, to another episode of the Weber State Women's Hoop Show. I uh, We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, I have Jessica Euler. Jessica, it's been uh, a little more than a week since we've gotten to chat. How have you been? Pr- pretty good. Keeping busy, watching basketball, you know, so doing pretty good. So much basketball to watch right now. I mean, I think that's the nice thing about this time of year. It's just like, that's it, man. College hoops is really it. Unless you want to watch NFL on, on the weekends or, or hockey. If you're a hockey person, I've been watching hockey, but yeah, <laughs> hoops, so much hoops right now. It's great. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, a couple of games in the last week. Uh, I call it rivalry week because the Wildcats took on Idaho state up in Pocatello at Regim and then uh, faced Southern Utah on Monday night. The same as the men it was a sort of a flip. You know, they, they played just a little bit earlier than the men took on the birds in the D. So we're going to talk about how those games went against those two rivals. And then uh, at the end here, I've got a, I've got a game for Jessica. We're going to be playing Waldo's magic eight ball and see what she's dying to know from Waldo's magic eight ball. So we'll see what's up there. Uh, before we get into our segments, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show. Whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all great places to get Weber State Weekly in your feed. Uh, you can also rate us on those places. So if you're on Apple Podcasts or if you're on Spotify, there's an opportunity to rate there. I know that for sure. So please do. Please rate us and uh, give us five stars because we love you. And then uh, we're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. We've recently started doing uh, watch parties, uh, sort of. So Twitter has Twitter spaces where everybody can kind of hop in. It's like Clubhouse, but on Twitter. And so we started doing watch parties. You know, a lot of people popping in and, you know, when we're having people, you know, jump in and giving their takes on the game as it's happening. And that's been a lot of fun. So uh, if you're interested, check out one of our uh, Twitter spaces for a watch party. It's been really, really awesome thing to do especially on road games, you know, because no one's at the D. So might as well. Everyone's sitting at home watching. So let's talk about it. And then uh, we got a Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Help and support us. Want to thank all of our patrons, which, like I said, I think last week have now allowed us to cover all of our bills here at Weber State Weekly. And uh, we are grateful for the generous support of our patrons to do that. So thank you so much for being willing to support Weber State Weekly. So Jessica, now let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's start with the Idaho state game. Cause that was the one that was first uh, Wildcats ended up going to Pocatello and uh, this was a rematch. They got edged by the Bengals in the D earlier in the season by a point. And that was like a last second shot, right? It was just one of those mm-hmm. things. And so it was like, okay, how's this going to look? And so Wildcats take the trip up to Pocatello. Uh, they ended up losing this one though, 69, 63. So they were in the game, but um, just couldn't, couldn't pull away. I think that, the second and third quarters are really kind of what did them in. Um, overall thoughts on this game, Jessica, Ed, did you, I don't know if you made the trip to Pocatello or not, if you just watched it on TV. I did not make the trip. I did just watch this one. Um, I, I think, you know, we've had quite a few heartbreakers here, um, just having really close games. And yeah. we see our ladies get down and then come back out and they really stay in the fight and it comes down to the end. And we, we just don't close out these last few games here, but the team still looks great together, which is promising, but definitely heartbreaking. I thought we were going to, I think I mentioned go back up there and have a revenge match and that didn't turn out so much at Idaho state. Um, but I, I, I think overall a close game, definitely some areas of improvement. Um, but one where we, we stayed in it for most of the time. 
Yeah, I think that the the most interesting thing is that I mean Idaho State right now sitting with just one loss in conference play, eleven and six overall, and so for the Wildcats to be kind of up in their grill as much as they have been, I think it shows how much this team has moved forward this season. I mean they've taken massive steps forward to be competitive with the top of the conference, even beating good teams like Montana and Montana State, and so it's just it's a bummer, like you said, to go to Pocatello and you know come out with a lot of energy because they came out you know won the first quarter twenty sixteen. Uh, but then that that second and third quarters, they really kind of kind of dogged them, and they and the offensive production fell behind. And I think that's that's kind of what did the Wildcats in. But we know that they have that fight, and that like you said, Jessica, they feel comfortable together. Uh, they they've played together now. They've got this good chemistry. Uh, we know who the contributors on this team are, and and they're contributing. And so it's just sort of a it's a bummer to lose, but it's also a good thing to continue to go through it and know right. that this is this is an opportunity to learn. And so the first yeah. question I put uh, here in the in the rundown with this one was about um, it was about uh, the Wildcats shooting. Like I said, they came out shooting strong against the Bengals, but that second and third quarters were kind of the the, the problem, especially second quarter. They only, they only scored eight points on three of sixteen shooting, just really yeah. scoring quarter uh, for them. And so I wanted to ask you: I mean, did you feel that it was? Idaho State's defense there was it just you know sometimes teams just go cold that happens like uh, which which of those do you feel was was the bigger factor in that second quarter well I'm gonna not commit and say it's a little <laughs> a little combo of both of them I think sometimes we get frustrated especially on offense when the defense on the other team adjusts and you can see when we get frustrated are where we start taking shots Maybe that we shouldn't, right? We'll uh, get in there, get frustrated, want to make a shot and take a shot when maybe just passing out one more time or taking just a half second more to set to make that shot would be helpful. And I think so it really was the combination of the two. Yes, Idaho State absolutely made some adjustments and had better defense in those second and third quarters, which as you can see in the fourth quarter, we adjusted and came back. But sometimes you can just see our women get frustrated when they you know, aren't as able to adjust as quickly on their feet and they're taking some of those shots when it might help to not do so. Yeah, I mean, it's a good call out right there too, Jessica, where you say that um, Coach V and staff made good adjustments in the fourth quarter to sort of get back in the game uh, because, you know, things were a little bit rough, like we said, in that middle of the, of the game. And, it, and so it looked like, oh, are the Wildcats just going to have to go away? And they didn't. Uh, they make the run against, against the Bengals in the fourth quarter, outscoring them... Um, 23 to 16. So they make, they make up, you know, seven point ground, uh, but it was just, just not quite enough. Uh, and like I said, to a, to a good team, a team that is 11-6 right. overall, seven and one, the reigning conference champions. Um, it is what it is. But uh, one thing that I also wanted to call out was I think that part of the problem, you know, the Bengals scored 22 points in the second quarter, which yeah. is a big reason why, you know, they go into the half up. But I, the, the big thing there is the fact that they got a little bit hot shooting from three in that quarter. They went four for yes. five. And, uh, and you know, the rest of the, of the game, they really weren't nearly as, as hot. You know, two of six in the first quarter, one of three in the third, two of five in the fourth, right? Like that was just uncharacteristic of them to get that hot and hit that many threes. And so, you know, if a couple fewer of those don't go in, we're talking about a one point game here, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and I know we're not talking about today's game, but even against Northern Colorado, like you can just gain a lot of momentum 
off of making those three point shots. And I think that's exactly what Idaho State yeah. did there. Yeah. Sorry. I'm at tie game. You would have been tie game 69 or uh, 63 all if a couple of those don't go in. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, and you could always do things like that. Like, well, if this doesn't go in, like if you're a fan of the mighty ducks, you know, and it's like a quarter of an inch, Charlie. Yeah. But if a quarter inch the other way, you completely miss the shot. Yeah. To- totally. I get it. Right. But I'm just saying that like, that uncharacteristic shooting performance by the Bengals in the second quarter really created a, a, a quite a deep hole for the Wildcats going in at halftime. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also uh, talk to you a little bit about, about the three point shooting on the Wildcats side, because I, I felt it was a, maybe an uncharacteristic amount of threes from them as well. Uh, they shot four of 18 from three in this game. Um, we've talked about it in the past, how the Wildcats are not traditionally a team uh, or at least this season anyway, that, wants to shoot the three a lot. They're a team that likes to go inside out. That's what they like to do. They score a lot of points in the paint and get and go for those high percentage shots near the rim. But in this one, four of 18. And so I wanted to get your take and see, did you feel like those were shots that were just kind of late in the shot clock and, you know, more of like desperation? Or did you feel that it was, it was, it was part of the flow of the game and just the shots weren't falling? I think it's part of the flow of the game. I think we're seeing our team work more on taking the three point shot. I think that they know just as well as we've seen a little bit that if we were taking more threes, we'd stay tighter with the other teams in a lot of these games because we we see the other teams just in general taking more threes than us. So I was super excited um, to see this from our team. I think part of it is, is, you know, when we're practicing for the game, we're not necessarily in the action where, you know, we've got the defense on us as much as they truly are. And so the play, I think just isn't executed um, as well. And we'll get there. Right. I think if you're shooting a three in practice and you're wide open, it's a whole lot different than doing it in the game. And that's what we're seeing. So I think that it's great to see us taking more three point shots. I'm so glad to see that. And I think it's one of those things that we're just going to see improve the more we do it during the game. Yeah. Cause I think it, it, it adds this, um, it adds another dimension to the Wildcat offense. Obviously, they want the high perf- uh, high percentage shot near the rim. That's that's where they've that's their bread and butter, and they've gotten ha- they've had a lot of success doing that. But yeah. to add that three point shot, because we know that there are ladies on this team that can shoot. You know, we've seen it this season, and um, and so I, I I hear what you're saying, where it's like Coach V is not you know not saying this is the system only. There are continued adjustments throughout the season, not just in game. We say we're going to continue to add things because I wonder, I mean it's been a little bit of a rough stretch for the last couple of weeks for the Wildcats, you know, losing um on that roadie to Idaho and Eastern Washington, which will get redemption here in a couple of weeks, uh which is going to be nice. But uh also just I think that maybe teams are starting to figure out the scheme right and so it's like okay, now we just got to mix it up a little bit and continue to play the ball that we know how to play, but also with a little bit different wrinkle or a different look this way to continue to have success. Yeah. And I think we're playing the long game too. Right. And I've mentioned this a couple of times, like we're not just playing for this season, we're playing for future seasons. So while we might lose, we're staying in there and we're refining skills that are going to be helpful, you know, throughout the rest of the season, of course, but also into the coming years. So. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, and this is, you know, talking about adjustments, uh, Jaden Matthews and Darren Hickok, they had, they were the kind of the offensive engine in this and Emma Torbert was also part of this, but between those two, Darren Hickok and Jaden Matthews, 38 of the 63 points, the Wildcats scored up in Pocatello. I wondered this because it seemed like Jaden had had a couple of rough weeks. It felt like teams were keying in on her a little bit because she was so successful early in conference play that there was more of a defensive focus on her, you know, putting, putting larger uh, players on her, maybe their, 
you know, scheming for her a little bit. And so her numbers may be a little bit down, but it seems like maybe she has made that adjustment or coach V and, and staff have made the adjustment for her to say, all right, this is how we're going to use you. Um, do you feel that, you know, maybe she, you know, there's a new strategy for her that has given her success. Cause the last couple of games, even though the Wildcats, you know, have lost them. I mean, she's really had a big impact, you know, getting back up to the numbers that we were seeing early in conference play. Yeah, I think it's great. I think we are seeing Jaden and Darren both with those high numbers early in the season and it, there's been some variability. And I think that part of it is exactly what you're saying that they've made some adjustments. I also think if you're a team that's playing us and you're just watching recent film, you're not going to see the potential that she has because she's been blocked out so much. So I don't know, there could be some interplay there that they're like, okay, well, you know, Jade hadn't been the high scorer. Let's focus on the others. So it really, I think, depends on some of the strategy of the other team as well because she hasn't been scoring as many points in these previous games. So I think part of it's probably the balance between those two. Yeah, because both of them shot, you know, close to 50%. You know, mm -hmm. Darren was 7 of 15, but Jaden was 7 of 14. So, I mean, good numbers there. I mean, Jaden shot, a, uh, she had three threes in in that game against Idaho State, you know, knocking down one, but also good numbers at the free throw line, right? Um, contributing on the boards. The assist numbers, though, are something that I wanted to talk a little bit about because we talked earlier in the season about how the Wildcats were not a team that assisted a lot, mm -hmm. but that feels like that's changing. You know, they had 11 assists in this game. I mean, it feels like things are maybe trending and, and that's just anecdotal. I haven't gone back to look at the numbers, but it feels like the team is assisting a lot more to kind of break through some of what defenses are throwing at them. And that's a trend that I like to see. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And, you know, I think it's great that she had that number of foul opportunities as well. Cause that means she's getting in there regardless. They're not keeping her out of scoring. So I, I think that it was great to see her um, get the ball. And so that was definitely impressive overall. The other thing that I really liked about this game was the number of turnovers was lower. I think the last time we talked, we talked about how high their turnover percentage was. And while yeah. we ended up, Still, once again, not winning this game, we did so much better on turnovers. And I think that, you know, part of that is a function of who has the ball and how the defense is being played. But I think that it was good to see that improvement there. Yeah, I mean, just 13 turnovers in this yeah. one for the Wildcats up in Pocatello. And so, like we said, that weekend up or that week into the weekend up in Idaho and eastern Washington, the turnover numbers were close to 20. I think it was 25 in the eastern Washington game. Mm -hmm. And so just... Definitely, it seems like a concerted effort there to take better care of the basketball. And because of that, the Wildcats are in this one, right? Okay, yeah. giving ourselves more opportunities, not giving the other team opportunities. Uh, because you, when you look at points off turnovers, I mean, they, the Bengals only score 12 points off of turnovers on the Wildcats. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Wildcats capitalizing on fewer, uh, a few more opportunities. Idaho State with 15 turnovers, the Wildcats scoring 17 off of those, right? And yeah. five of those are steals by Darren Hickok. So very yes. active hands in those passing lanes. Yeah, and I think that's part of it too. Darren has been so handsy here lately. It's been awesome to see her just get in there and steal the ball. It's been really impressive. Yeah, I mean, because we when we interviewed Jaden early in the season, talking about the defensive identity of this team and Ronda Rousey, right? Hashtag Ronda. If you're wondering, that's why we're, we've been using that in our tweets. And it feels like, you know, this is a, this is a spot where it's coming out, right? Where uh -huh. like Wildcats are getting those steals. They, they, they had nine steals in this game. Um, the Bengals only five. So, yeah. you know, the turnovers then are really more of the Wildcats, you know, just making some mistakes here and there, but nobody with more than two. 
turnovers each. You know what I mean? Yes. So good to see that it's not like a lot of, oh, offensive foul, turning the ball over, driving to the paint. Because I feel like that's a lot of what happens for the Wildcats. They're a team that wants to drive to the basket and, you know, it gets messy in the paint and yeah. the yeah. hands are in there and ball, the ball goes here. And and I feel like that's that happens in, like I said, that compared or coupled with offensive fouls. But a great job by the Wildcats to keep that number down compared to what had happened last week. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Any parting thoughts on Idaho State before we turn to the SUU game, Jessica? No, I, I think just, you know, I certainly wish we would have won it, but we stayed in there and that it felt pretty good. Yeah, I mean, a good team and like you said, a long game, right? I mean, the Wildcats yeah. will be going to the tournament and I think that for them, it's it's all about learning. No, They're not never too high, never too low with this team right now. Yeah. They understand that they can beat the best. Um, but obviously there have been some shortcomings and, and know that they're not quite at the level where they can just look past the worst, you know, like that, yeah. that Eastern Washington loss in particular is not a good one. And that's why I'm looking forward to seeing how the Wildcats rebound from losing to Idaho and Eastern Washington when they come to the D because the D up until, you know, a couple of games ago was a place where the Wildcats one. I mean, when right. I was in, when I was in Utah over the holiday, the Wildcats had just a, a great homestand. They won a lot of really good games there. That Montana Montana State series was a signature series for them to sort of put them on the map. And so, yeah. I think an opportunity to kind of get back home and have that. I mean, they, they'll be they'll be taking on Sac State this Saturday in the D. And so, just just an opportunity to kind of like reset. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that is the Idaho state game. Now let's talk about the game on Monday, uh, the birds, right? I mean, I know Idaho state is supposed to be the rival. There's a historical beef there that goes back a long time. I understand all of those things. Trust me as a wildcat fan, but man, the birds, uh, man, this is the, this is the hot rivalry in my view. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, uh, we were doing a, uh, one of those Twitter spaces, uh, watch parties parties for the men's game, which uh, ended up being really energetic, a lot of fun there. Uh, but the birds ended up coming up to Ogden to take on the Wildcats in the D. And so let's talk a little bit about that because uh, once again, Weber State came out and, and really had a great start, 19 points in the first quarter, and then some solid rebound, 16 points in the second quarter. So looking good. I mean, uh, I have to do some quick math here. Uh, you know, just maybe down just a little bit down by one, I think at the half. Yeah. Um, but it's like, okay, okay. Hey, listen, I see you, you know, once again, the birds are a good team. They're 10 and six overall six and one in big sky play. So it's like you're hanging right there with them. I mean, talk to me a little bit about the first half. What did you like about the way that the Wildcats dealt with another quality opponent? Yeah, I, I think it was great to see once again, this is another game where we took quite a few three point shots, um, especially there in the first half. Um, so that was good to see. Not, you know, we still have to improve on that shooting percentage, but it was good to see that we were out there trying to take three point shots. We stayed right there in the game, you know, whenever we were down by. if it was one at the half been down by one at the half, um, it felt good, right? Like it felt like we were going to come back out and do well. And I think really we, we did, um, for quite a bit there. Um, so I I think it it was a good team. It felt rather evenly matched for that first half. Um, so overall, I I think it, it went okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, good point. Good call out once again that the Wildcats trying to provide a different look and saying, okay, we're going to um we're going to shoot the three. Sorry, doing quick math here because I didn't. <laughs> Southern Utah scored 32 in the first half. The Wildcats actually scored. Uh, they actually scored 35. So Wildcats up by three. At the okay, sounds Sorry. good. <laughs> Sorry. That's on you like me. my commitment. If they were down by one. <laughs> yeah, because you said that. And I was like, oh, I really should check that number. I couldn't quite remember. And that's just me spot checking math. Humanities major, folks. Okay. Humanities major. <laughs> Spot checking math, not not my strength, but Wildcats actually up by three at the half. Like I said, against a good team and providing a different look. Um, they did shoot a lot more threes. I mean, sort of like we said, adding that element to their game, which is good to see. I mean, not three of nine in the second half or in the second quarter, two of six in, in the first quarter. So you know, equal shooting percentages, thirty three percent in each. Um, not not blowing the doors off, but not like an abysmal number, like twenty seven percent or lower or something like that, right? And yeah. so. Uh, I, I like to see that number, but we also have to remember that anytime the Wildcats are shooting threes, that means that's possessions taken away in the post. But overall, I mean, the Wildcats shot, you know, a, a pretty good percentage as well in that second quarter, 43%. A little bit rough in the first quarter, but still, I mean, they were 5 of 18, but still put 19 points up on the board with only two free throw attempts, right? So it's not like they were right. living at the line. This is just missing shots, but still finding a way to get it done. Yeah. Um, really, really proud of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, big game. Um, my thoughts, uh, I wanted to see what you thought about this because uh, a lot of the conversation with this game was the fact that it ended up going to overtime. <laughs> yes. Which was the case. <laughs> yes. Ended up, game ended up going to overtime. Uh, the Wildcats, uh, the second, the third quarter is really where the Birds made some headway. They ended up scoring 23 points uh, to the Wildcats 17. And then it's, uh, you know, Wildcats uh, saying, okay, we're going to get some of that back. 14 points to their 11. So we're all tied up going in at the half saying, okay, what, what's going to happen here? And I think this is, this is where the Wildcats really ran into some trouble. Yeah. I mean, there were points in time in that fourth quarter where we actually led for a minute and then we, we, and I can't remember, I was at least four points at one point and I was like, and it was close to the end. Right. And so I think I was like, Oh my gosh, we're going to do this. And it just was one where SU came down and they scored and they tied it right up and um, go, going into overtime was something that we haven't seen in a hot minute. So it was yeah. stressful overall. And I think you're right. When we went into overtime, we did not look like the same team that had played previously. Um, and I think part of that's being tired, right? Like we're extending yeah. the time we expect to be out on the court. The other thing is Darren fouled out. And so you know, if you've got this momentum going with who's sitting there on the court, it makes a difference if somebody um, fouls out because you never, you never want to do that. So I don't know the level to which that impacted how the team felt at that moment, but overtime was just not pretty. Yeah. Uh, also worth calling out that Emma fouled out as well. So oh, did she? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, both Emma and Darren then on the bench in overtime. I mean, obviously we just talked about in the last game about how Emma Darren and Jaden, all three are sort of like this, this offensive engine for the Wildcats. Now you lost two of the three in okay. overtime. And so the Wildcats end up going one of eight um, and only, you know, and shooting seven of eight. And the thing that I called out here was the fact that the birds shot 16 free throws in overtime. Oh, they, of 16. they did. But we kept stretching that out. Like, 
I know, you know, when I, in that last 50 seconds, I'd like to know how many free throws were taken in that, which, you know, granted it's only five minutes of overtime, but Mm -hmm. we kept fouling to try to get the ball back and it just didn't work out the way that we intended. And I think part of that, you know, was the chemistry with the five who were on the court at that time because it changed, but we we were fouling down to the last five seconds, right? And at that point, it had become rather clear that the gap had increased. But we, I admire us for staying in the game and keeping trying. But that's what, where we got all those foul point shots. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, they, the T-Birds end up shooting 75% there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you're hoping to get a miss, you know, maybe a miss make, and then you get the ball back, right? Like, that's kind of what you're hoping for there in those situations. Um, just didn't quite work out that way. I mean, good free throw shooting team, good for them. Also, a thing that uh, made a mistake a little bit earlier, talking about, you know, the Wildcats and their shooting percentages, I was looking at the wrong stat line. So Wildcats actually shot 53% in that first quarter, 33% in the second. Um, the, they they shot seven threes in the, in the second quarter, one of seven though. So I think that's where things kind of got a little bit of a, even though they were still up three, um, you know, they're obviously an opportunity to build the lead there, which, you know, shots just weren't falling, which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, I think that I wanted to point out though, like once again, assist numbers were good here, 13 assists in this game. Um, but, yeah. but the turnover numbers got a little high again, um, yep. all the way, all the way up to 20. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, was that was that once again just like uh, the Wildcats giving the ball up because uh, the the T Birds had nine steals of those yeah. twenty, so it's like okay, they're a very active defensive team. But I mean, the other half, like what what happened there? I I, I don't know. I, I think we give up a lot of turnovers when we're running down the court, right? And when we're trying to make those fast break attempts, and we just. Um, it, it seems like we, we get excited and that's when it's easy for the other team to steal. Um, I think anytime we get caught off our game, it's a little bit easier to give away those turnovers. Um, so I think, and you know, you get stressed when we're getting in the, that fourth quarter and going into overtime. I know that it, it was stressful and kept going on. And I think that in those moments where our head isn't completely in the game, that's when um, our turnover percentage increases a little bit. So um, still 20 is better than some of our other games, but I I think that a lot of it is coming off of when we're running down the court and the other team um, just as handsy. We saw it again today with Northern Colorado. Yeah, um, it's funny because normally a team that um, a team, young teams like to get out and run because it's easier to play. You're not playing against a set defense. Transition is usually a friend to a team that doesn't, um, that isn't as good in a half court set. You know, they're not able to break through that defense. Uh, But, but like you said, a good point that sometimes the Wildcats, um, they'll get those fast break opportunities and they, just, you know, like you said, maybe taking that extra second, which in the yep. fast break, you know, you get excited, you're ready, you want to go to the rack, you want to get the easy points. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to call out, though, was that, I mean, Southern Utah has the best scoring offense in the in the conference. They, they average 74 points in uh, in a game, but the Wildcats held them to 66 in regulation, right? Yeah. And so a credit to the, to the Wildcat defense, which is now ranked uh, fifth in the conference, they're averaging 64 points, right? So Wildcats just gave up two more points than they traditionally do. And, and you know, it's just, 
I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think it's just one of those things like we haven't been blown out here recently. Right. No, no. I I don't know. I haven't actually looked at it, but but at least these last couple games, we certainly haven't been blown out. Um, we we're staying in there. It just is coming down to continuing to refine our skills, like to, to be this close for so many, um, it feels good in Southern Utah. I think I tweeted about this the other day. Like I think we ended, what was the final score there? We ended down by 10, but that all came in overtime, right? Like we hung in there every single moment. It's a fun team to watch until the last minute of the game. And it's not like they're not doing the wrong things. The other team's just doing the right things a little bit more and winning these games. So I just think it's one of those things where we, we just have so much potential. I'm excited to see us continue to play. Yeah. Like we said, like trending, the Wildcats are in a really good spot right now, like number two in the conference in field, opponent field goal percentage. So they, they only give up 37%, 37.5% to the opponent. And so like a credit, you know, we talk about Rhonda, right? And that just that defensive identity of the team and it's there, right? Like yeah. they are a team who is very stingy defensively. Uh, yep. It's just, and they held the best scoring team in the conference to 10 under their average in regulation. Yeah. I mean, credit to them on that, right? Like, yeah, that's a solid point. Yeah, for sure. I, I could see the T-Birds and the Bengals playing each other in the conference championship and nobody would bat an eye, right? Right. Like this, yep. These, these are two teams that are definitely there. But um, I just think it's it's a credit to them, even though it feels like we've had a string of 10-point losses, right? But this yes. one is... And yeah, you tweeted that. Like, it's 10 points, but it's not really 10 points, folks. Like, right. <laughs> Like the game was closer than that because yeah. like you said, of the, of the, of the fouls in the last uh, 50 seconds or so, the last minute of play, uh, just trying to, you know, get a little bit caught up, seeing if you can catch them off guard. And yeah. you know, unfortunately it just didn't work out. The strategy didn't work that time. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about here though, was the, um, well, let me go back. Cause we talked about, uh, talked about the assist numbers, which I really liked. Um, we talked about uh, the turnovers, which is a little bit, of, a little bit of an issue. Um, not as many steals in this game. Uh, Birds did a much better job of taking care of the ball, but once again, four Wildcats in double figures. Um, and Jaden Matthews had another twenty-point game, and yeah. so she's just, you know, she, she and she did a good job on this one of getting to the line. She was eight for ten from the line, ten free yeah. throw attempts, and six of seven shooting. Like, what a performance by Jaden Matthews! Yep. Yeah, for sure. And I think that speaks to what you were saying just a second ago, that this is absolutely her adjusting her strategy as well. And you can see in these last two games, once again, just the ability to draw some of those fouls. And, you know, part of that is it's both. It's drawing the foul. And of course, it's because the defense is playing hard on Jaden. And so it's the combo of the two of them. But it's great to see um, that percentage. And you can see um, just her energy and passion when she's out there on the court. She she is out there to play. And it's been fun to watch her. Yeah, I mean, J-double-double, right? I mean, this she yes. gets 20, 20, 20 points and 13 rebounds in this one. Um, yeah. You know, one of the, of the splash sisters here. And so uh, I want to ask you this, though, because... Um, the last game that I went to was the game against Montana at the D before we flew home here to Nashville. And uh, that was the Corey Penser game. Uh, she absolutely shot the lights out in that game. And then ever since then, it's been a little bit of a rough go. She's had uh, a tough time, um, you know, still taking shots, but some of them just not falling, you know, this one's shooting four of 13, uh, only two of seven from three. Um, 
what do you think is 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 going on uh, that's that's kind of gotten Corey a little bit off because it's clear that she's continuing to shoot, which is what shooters do and should do, uh, but in a little bit of a slump. Do you any idea what's causing that? You think it's uh, opposing defenses? I mean, any any thoughts on on Corey Pencer? Because I think if she gets out of that funk, the Wildcats are right back in in any any game against any opponent in the conference. Yeah, I, she's. It feels like she's just stayed out of the paint a little bit, right? Um, and you know, to the extent to which that's true, because I'm looking at this, and she still did take quite a few shots. Um, but she's. I've seen her take a lot from three, and and just not make a lot. Which once again, I'm glad that she's taking those shots from the the line, but. Um, just some improvement on percentage. And I think part of it is coming down to the defense, right? Like the opposing teams are seeing how well she's played in those previous games. So they're certainly adjusting. So it's putting her in situations when she does get in the paint that she wasn't typically in before. Right. And so I think that's one of the things about this team. And we've talked about this a little bit before about how great it is, how many people get time and how they're constantly adjusting because I think part of this is is how the opposing defense are adjusting. And so when they're on Corey, Jaden's got more time to run out there. And, you know, Emma is typically does a great job, but sometimes she has her down days too, and somebody else is able to pick it up. So I don't know how much of it is um, how the defense is playing really versus once again, just taking the extra half second to set your feet before you take the shot, which is easy to say, right? Yeah. But when you're out there and in that moment... And your opponent's closing out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because I think that, like I said, if um, if whatever is... And it might be, like we talked about, that Montana game sort of putting Corey on the radar for opposing defenses to say like, hey, she's dangerous. We need to make sure that we guard her because... You know, sort of like what we talked about earlier with Jaden Matthews and her early success in conference play, right. that perhaps, you know, Corey's kind of now in the same boat where like she has hurt a good a good team. And so they know that, okay, we need to go out there and guard her. And so there's been a little bit of uh, an emphasis on her to right. make sure that, you know, she's not just getting up the shots that she wants because we know she can knock them down. We've we've seen it happen. Yeah. And so I think that that I mean, if if Corey can get back to shooting you know, even like 40, 40, you know, percent. I mean, gosh, this team just, I mean, cause she's, I mean, she's, she's in double figures folks. It's not like she's not doing nothing here. You know, she right. scored 12 points in this game. Right. So it's not like she's missing everything. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying like, like you said, Jessica, a little bit, uh, a couple more of those shots fall. She gets a little bit more comfortable with that uh, extra defensive attention. And like, my goodness, like this team, her points go from 12 to 16, 18. Right. And, and, you know, this is dub, you know, yeah. absolutely. Because we don't go to overtime. You know, right. the cat, <laughs> exactly. The cats, yes. the cats beat the birds and, you know, it's a, it's a twofer on that night because the men took care of them down in Cedar city. Yes. Um, any final thoughts on the, the game against the birds, Jessica, before we wrap this one up? No. Yeah. Uh, obviously, always want to beat the birds. And so uh, the Wildcats will get their opportunity in a couple of weeks. Let me just check the schedule really quickly. I uh, had it up earlier. Um, looks like they will not see the birds again until last game of the season. Uh, before, Right before the tournament, Wildcats Friday, March 4th, will be taking the trip down to Cedar City. So a lot of game to be played, an entire month of games to be played between uh, now and then. And so we'll see how things look on March 4th and see if anything's changed. I, I think they do. 
I think that things look differently and I think that the Wildcats will be right in that one. Yeah. Okay, now let's uh let's go Waldo's Magic 8 Ball. Now Jessica, I don't know if I can't remember if we've done Magic Waldo's Magic 8 Ball with you before. We have, have we? yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let me uh let me get the, the the Magic 8 Ball up here because uh I uh, I, I was lucky enough to get a a nice uh, web version from Waldo himself. And so uh, now we have this web version of Waldo's Magic 8-Ball that I can use to understand how the 8-Ball how the is feeling. And so uh, first prompt I had for you, Jessica, on this one is uh, about Sac State. Uh, Wildcats will be taking on Sac State, like we said, this Saturday in the D. Um, Sac State is a team that um, currently... Here, let me, let me pull it up really quickly. Sac State is a team... Come on. Sac State is a, is a team that's kind of in the middle of the conference in both offense and defense. And so not a team that, uh, uh, that is maybe the caliber of some of the teams that the Wildcats have already seen, like uh, a great defensive team like Montana or Northern Colorado or a great scoring team like Southern Utah. Um, but I think also a team that, uh, that, that shouldn't be looked past. Because like I said, even though they're sixth in the conference in both of those categories, this is a, a dangerous opponent and you have, to, you have to respect what they bring in. So Jessica... Sac State coming to town. What is your question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? Will we beat Sac State by 10 points or more? 10 points or more is what she's looking for here. Would like to know if the, if the Magic 8-Ball has an answer to that. Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, will the Wildcats beat Sac State by 10 points or more on Saturday? Shaking the 8-Ball here and the answer... Ooh, a salty start. My reply is no. Okay. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean they're going to lose. You're coming from Waldo, but we could win by one to nine, and it's still exactly, a win. exactly. You could still win by one to nine, and so uh, I like that. All right, so uh, now I'm going to think about it myself. Um, a question for Waldo's Magic Eight Ball from me about Sac State. Um, uh, let me uh, let me think here for a second. So, like we said, they're kind of in the middle there in in those two categories. Um, Sac State, though, is really, really terrible when it comes to keeping teams, uh, opponents to... Um, keeping their opponent field, field goal, but they are dead last in the conference. They give up 42% shooting. And so my question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball is this. We've talked about it here. The Wildcats are a team that likes to shoot inside out, but we have this new look of a team that is shooting a lot more threes and working through growing that aspect of their game. But I think that there might be an opportunity here to say the Hornets don't defend terribly well when it comes to, you know, anything inside of the arc. And so uh, will the Wildcats feast inside against Sacramento State on Saturday? Shaking up Waldo's Magic 8 Ball, the answer is ask again, please. All right, maybe... (laughs) Maybe I wasn't clear. Will the Wildcats score a lot of points in the paint against the Sacramento State Hornets? Let's try it that way. Shaking up, shaking up Waldo's Magic 8 Ball one more time. The answers. My sources say no. What is this? This is. I don't know. I think you need to have a conversation with that Magic 8 Ball. This is nonsense. Yeah, this this Magic 8 Ball is a little bit salty tonight. I don't understand what we did and why they're mad, but uh, whatever. Let's move on. And uh, now let's talk about our own team. So I wanted to see if you had a, a player question and see kind of how you were uh, anything, anything that you would like to ask Waldo's Magic 8 Ball about our current roster or what's going on with our own team, Jessica. 
Okay. So an individual player question. That's what I'm asking. Okay. I'm going to ask, will Corey Penser have a scoring percentage of 40% or more in the paint against that state? All right. That's so right, Dan. that magic eight ball is rude. Yeah. Dan knows what's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's being the uh, magic eight ball is being rude. And uh, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's ask the magic eight ball. This uh, like we just talked about Corey Penser. We know that she's a dangerous shooter. She's a person who can knock down uh, threes and, and other shots. Like she's a great score, but uh, in a little bit of a funk right now. So will she find her groove in the paint against Sac state on Saturday? Shaking Waldo's magic eight ball. The answer is definitely. All right. <laughs> So there we go. Better yeah. magic eight ball. This yeah, is what so, I expect to see. <laughs> so Waldo's magic eight ball coming around. We got called out a couple of times and now it's, it's starting to warm up to us a little bit. So, all right, now let's, uh, I want to ask my own player question. Um, we talked about it just a, a moment ago about Jaden Matthews kind of finding that rhythm again. Uh, she's scored 20 in the last two games. I uh, like to see that number up and I'd love, but this time I'd like, you know, now to hopefully keep that number up. And so my question to Waldo's magic eight ball is will Jaden Matthews continue to score above 15 for the rest of the season? Oh my more than 15 points in every game that remains for the rest of the season. Let's shake Waldo's magic eight ball and see what the answer is. Oh man, it is certain. Punch the ticket. <laughs> I like that answer. Uh, I guess enough, enough, uh, enough goading of the Waldo of the magic eight ball. And you get, you start to get the answers you want. I like it. Okay. Well, I'm ready for my next question. Last question here. We're going to ask a question about the team. Um, We are almost three quarters, uh, not quite three quarters, maybe 60% of the way through the season now, roughly. Um, What's your team question here, Jessica? What do you want to know about where this team is at right now? Will we end the season with a winning record in conference? Okay. Uh, Right now, I have to check check the record. The Wildcats currently... Uh, let me go up here just to give context. The Wildcats currently three and three and six in conference. So, uh, three, three need to get three dubs to get back to 50% plus one to be, have a winning record. Totally doable. A lot of games to be played. Jessica's question to the magic eight ball. Will this team end with a winning record in conference by March 4th? Before we head to the, to Boise in the tournament, shaking all those magic eight ball is ask again, please. Okay. Will. We have a winning record, period. Question so, mark. Shake it one more time. Let's <laughs> be non-committal. It says maybe. <laughs> it says maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's better than the nonsense we were getting at the beginning. Here. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's better than definitely no. So it that's is. a plus. It is, yes. So, okay. Uh, all right, fine. Uh, that's fine. Um Okay, final question here for Waldo's Magic Able for me about the team. We talked a little bit about the fact that the Wildcats are adding, you know, more threes to the arsenal. Um, yeah, Dan Hubbler's right. We scared the wall, we scared the eight ball into waffling. Now it's like <laughs> it's wishy-washy, wishy-washy. But uh the question, my final question here for Waldo's Magic Eight Ball is this. Um, do we think that the Wildcats will get that three-point shooting percentage up? Oh. Um, maybe above 35% before the season ends. Right now, let me check the average uh, really, really quickly. 
just so we know. Wildcats are averaging right now. We are dead last in the conference at 27%. So that would be a pretty big lift. They'd have to really start hitting their threes to get that up, you know, roughly eight points. Um, so the question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, will the Wildcats end with a 35% or better three-point shooting percentage at the end of the season? Shaking Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, the answer is... Oh, man, it is certain. So Okay. <laughs> well... Start raining threes. <laughs> not gonna. Not well, like, I look forward to this. Yeah, it's not like we haven't seen that before. We've got great yep. shooters, guys like Damian Lillard, Jeremy Sanglin, Jarek Harding. Plenty of guys. So, all right. Um, good times. Uh, glad we were able to use the digital version of Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Now let's look forward to the upcoming schedule. As we noted, Saturday, January 29th, Wildcats taking on Sac State. That'll be at noon in the D. You can watch the game on ESPN Plus like I will be, or just go to the D. It's cheap. It's like seven bucks to get in, man. Tickets available at WeberStateSports.com. It's really a good opportunity. They you And you can sit wherever you want. Have I, have I said that before? You can sit yeah. wherever you want in the D. It's fantastic. Uh, all right. And then next week uh, is a rematch of a couple of signature wins for the Wildcats. They'll be taking the roadie up to Montana Thursday, February 3rd at Montana against the Grizz in Dahlberg uh, at Dahlberg Arena, 7 p.m. That'll be on ESPN Plus. Then Saturday, February 5th, Wildcats will be making the trip over to Bozeman from there, taking on the Bobcats at the Brick at 2 p.m. That'll be on ESPN Plus. Then the next week, uh, that rematch that we talked about, Eastern Washington coming to town on Thursday, February 10th, 6 p.m. in the D. Uh, ESPN Plus, or get your tickets. Um, East Washington, a good defensive team, but uh, I think an opportunity for, for redemption here. And then finally, Saturday, February 12th. Come on, dog. You're killing me. <laughs> killing me. Absolutely killing me. Saturday, February 12th against Idaho. Uh, that was the last... Um, I have to go back and check the schedule on this one. But I would say that this was the last kind of... You know, we talked a little bit about blowouts earlier, right? Like This was the last kind of like... I mean, quote-unquote blowout. I think it was... Just check here. Uh, Wildcats ended up losing that game by 19. So that was probably the last bad game that the Wildcats have had. Um, so chance at redemption for the Wildcats on Saturday... Uh, the February 12th against Idaho. That game will be 1 p.m. in the D, ESPN Plus, or just go down and root for the Wildcats in person. So we can wrap the show up. Uh, Weber State Weekly at gmail.com is a great place. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, patreon.com. want to thank all of our patrons. Uh, really appreciate their support and helping us pay the bills over here. And then uh, WeberStateWeekly.com is our uh, website. Sorry, folks, I haven't been able to produce very much content there lately. Um, we're in annual business planning mode at my job. And so it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, any party thoughts before we wrap the show tonight? Nope. Can't wait till this weekend. Hope to see y'all there. Yep. Go down and hang out with Jessica and the D Sac state. It's going to be a good one. We'll wrap it up. Like we usually do. Weber state, Weber state. Great. 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 Go oh. wildcats. Oh.